Welcome to Puto Politics, the political podcast of the San Antonio Express News. My name is Gilbert Garcia, Metro columnist, and I'm joined by Carrie Clack, columnist, editorial board. Nancy Prayer Johnson, editorial board, deputy editor. And uh, we're joined today by a special guest. Kimberly Matarubio is a candidate for uh, mayor of Uvalde. The election is happening November 7th. She's a graduate of St. Mary's University. She has won awards for, uh, for her journalism work with the Uvalde Leader News. And she's the president of Lives Robbed, a nonprofit formed to combat gun violence. On uh, May 24th of last year, um, her daughter, 10-year-old daughter Lexi, was taken from her in uh, the horrific mass shooting at Robb Elementary, one of 19 children and, and two teachers uh, who were murdered that day. And uh, in the 16 months since then, she's really dedicated her life to activism and, and political change. And um, Kim, thank you so much. We really appreciate you being with us today. Thank y'all for having me. Um, I want to start by asking something, which I asked you just before we started, which is, um, and and I know that you probably everyone you, you meet asks you this question, and, and uh, I'm probably tired of of answering it, but it's it's uh, hard for a lot of us to fathom what you know what you've been through and how you cope with that, how your family copes with that, and I just wanted to get a sense from you, like. How you how you're coping with it and, and and how things are going for you right now? I stay busy. Um, I think everybody grieves differently, but for me, turning pain into purpose has really helped me. I want to honor Lexi's life with action. Um, you've talked uh, about Uvalde being a fractured community, mm-hmm. and I'm guess guessing some of that has to do um, with the way people have reacted to what happened at Robb Elementary. Can you talk a little bit about how you think the community is fractured and how you would like to go about changing that? Absolutely. You know, when a tragedy like this touches a community, it's impossible for it to not be fractured. Everybody that day lost something, whether it was a loved one or just this sense of security. Everybody had something taken away from them. And coming back out of that based on your level of closeness to the tragedy, I feel like there are individuals who want to move on and just sweep it under the rug. Um, I can understand to some degree wanting to just stop being in that space. Um, But for those of us who lost, lost someone, it's important that we move forward with our loved ones, taking them with us. Those 21 individuals, they were also residents of our community and they deserve to be remembered and honored. Do people who, who have that attitude about let's move on to them, I mean, do they express that openly to those of you who have suffered the loss so closely? Yes, but I really think it's a miscommunication. I feel mm-hmm. like there's this thought that, you know, maybe just me and, and a few others are, are angry and bitter. That's not the case. We do we do want to move forward, but it's going to take all of us coming together to do that. And and that's where I think I can assist. Um, you know, you've, you've talked about wanting to dedicate your life to change and 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 honor Lexi's legacy. Um, and obviously the city has limited power to change gun laws and mm-hmm. and and gun policies but you've you know you've been uh, a spokesperson on this and you you talked about how you've never traveled on a plane before 
May of last year, and you've made 15 trips, you said, to, to D.C. since then, and, and you've spoken before the legislature. And how do you do you think that as mayor of Uvalde, you could um, you could use that platform to to help facilitate the kind of change that I mean, a lot of us would like to see? Yes. Yeah, so I recognize that, you know, gun reform isn't under the purview of, of mayor, but that elevated platform is beneficial. Um, it allows me to share Lexi's story and the tragedy that happened to Uvalde. And I think it starts from the ground up. That's one thing I've learned. Um, you know, we we started off fighting at the federal level, then we went to the state and I'm taking a step back and realizing that it really does start in communities, small communities, rural communities. And that's where I wanna focus, you know, changing hearts to change minds. Can you talk about the political landscape in Uvalde and just for, for listeners and, and people watching on YouTube as well who don't realize what it's like there? Can you just kind of give the background of what politically it's looked like? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe include in there, like I know you campaigned for Beto and um, it was really disappointing, um, the results of that. Um, can you just kind of give that background, but then also like what your hope is? Uh, so... It's not lost on me that Texas is a red state and um, Uvalde is primarily Republican. And this year we we went out and we supported Beto because he supported us and what we were asking for. Trying to make a difference. It's, it's time for change. It was disappointing when Texas came out for Abbott but it hurt even more when we realized it came from our own community. Do you think anything, how do you think, or how are you trying to get their support? Just knowing that, Mm -hmm. right? And knowing everything you stand for, um, how are you gonna try to get their support when you know that 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 background is there and that political landscape is there? I'm hoping that we can all come to the table and realize that all of that aside, we're all Uvaldians. Nobody knows Uvalde like us, and we've had a lot of outsiders in our space, mm-hmm. but it's time for us to come together and move forward together. And I see so much potential in my community, and I really want to get us there. What have you heard on the campaign trail? I've heard a lot of support, mm-hmm. definitely a lot more support than I even realized from people I didn't even, um, you know, it's a small town. We all know each other, but mm-hmm. I never know after this tragedy where people stood and what their thoughts of me were. Um, so that's that's been really encouraging. Okay. Um, I'm excited to just really get to know my community. I wanna go door to door. I wanna have conversations with people. I want to hear from them. What are their grievances? What issues do they take to heart? Because it's not only what I stand for, it's what they want. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm most excited about. Most people who, who are growing up in a city or town don't think they're going to be the mayor of that city or town, but everyone growing up has perceptions and observations about what's going on around them. So as gro- growing up in Uvalde, what was it that you saw that made you think there's something here that could be different? Maybe I don't know everything else there's going on in the world right now because I'm a teenager or whatever, but there's something here that's not right. What could be better in this town that I live in? So for me, that realization didn't come until I was working at the Uvalde Leader News. And at that point, I think I was 20 years old, mm-hmm. 2021. And that's when I realized that one of the major problems were 
how many people in the community don't understand how local government works. I had no idea how often a city council um, met that I could go and speak up. And that's not just me. That's a good portion of Uvalde. Mm -hmm. And it's just something that you're accustomed to, you're, you're used to. But I want people to see themselves in me. I want them to be like, oh, she did that. I could do that. I could become more involved. I can go to these meetings. They're, they're going to feel comfortable when they see a reflection of themselves. And it's at that point where we can start hearing what are the issues, right? Because we're only hearing from a small portion, those that are involved. But there's a larger portion that aren't yet. And I want to bring them along on this journey with me so that we can change. You know, one of the, I, I would imagine this is happening in Uvalde, but in, just in general, when we talk about school safety, I mean, there tends to be, um, you tend to have people talking about gun reform. You have other people saying, well, then we just need to make the schools more, better fortified and, and, and more secure. I don't think it's an either or proposition. I think we, we can do more than one thing at a time. Um, but I'm get, I'm curious as, as mayor, I, I think one of the things you've talked about is trying to just improve the communication, the engagement between the school district, between city government, between all the entities in the city to try to figure out how to, how to make schools safer. And, and I, I can only imagine like how, um, and you can, I'm sure you can tell us a lot about just how traumatizing it's been for the students there now and uh, who are going to school and, and dealing with the memory of what happened. As mayor, I would want to work with other entities, like you mentioned, um, to improve communication. So we're more proactive than reactive. Something that I, I think about often is how many bailouts we were having. And the city was aware of that and, and they were alerting the school district to the point where they would do a lockdown. But why wasn't the conversation ever had that, hey, this is happening pretty often what are we doing? How can we help you with school security? Because it's in these areas. And when you talk about bailouts, this is your, the current mayor, Don McLaughlin, has talked a lot about what he's described as smugglers bringing migrants through town mm -hmm. and then they, they get in the high speed chase with law enforcement. Is that is that what you're talking about? Yes. That's what I'm referring so, to. So this is he's, he's said that this is a, a major problem. Is this is that do you think that's accurate? It poses a significant risk to our motorists. Yes, um, these bailouts don't start in Uvalde, but they come through our main intersections right. and our motorists are on the roads with them. And we've had, you know, wrecks. Luckily, we haven't had any fatalities, but there has to be a way that they do their job. We don't hinder law enforcement, but we're keeping our citizens safe. And that's a conversation I want to have. What would you say if someone in Uvalde is trying to decide who to vote for for mayor and they think of you and think of you as a one a one issue candidate, mm -hmm. um, gun safety, right? What would you say to them? I want them to get to know me. Um, I want them to know that I'm from Uvalde. You know, I'm a Uvalde native. My husband is a Uvalde native. My entire family is Uvalde natives. Our other children are going to grow up here. I am just as invested in this community as as you are. I'm not a one can, a one issue candidate. I want to see our community thrive. I want to address local businesses. I want to preserve our history and our culture. I want to boost economy. I want to improve our sidewalks. You know, I heard from a lot of individuals in the community when they came to my launch party um, to tell me that they're they have issue with 
the sidewalks in Uvalde. I really want to hear what the community wants, and I want to help them get there. You could have easily left Uvalde. It probably would have been easier, maybe, um, just to say, you know what, I want a fresh start somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Move your, you and your beautiful family, move out of there and get a fresh start. Why'd you stay? We definitely had that conversation because originally we had plans um, to to move. We buried Lexi there, so we're going to stay with her. But also, it it's home. Mm-hmm. It's home. It's what my children know. And I see it. I see the potential. I know where this community could go. I'm sad that it took this for people's eyes to open. But now that we're all seen, let's let's get there. Mm-hmm. You're a journalist. Um, and I have to say that uh, through your speeches, but also your t- treats, mm-hmm. you're an excellent writer, superb writer. Thank you. Uh, my two questions are, where did that come from? Where did the writing and what, what you know, and why did you want to become a journalist? So I did not go to school for journalism. I kind of fell into that job. I have always, you know, loved to write, journaled as a kid. Um, but I needed a job whenever my husband came back from deployment and I interviewed with the Valley Leader News. It was the first and only place that I interviewed because <laughs> I got the job. He called me the next day. I was a receptionist and he Mr. Uh, Mr. Garnett, it's our publisher, he saw that I took a love for reading at the front desk during the downtime, and he offered me a writing position to mentor me, and I owe him tremendously because it allowed me to provide for my family, but also to be a very present mother. One of, one of the things that that uh, journalists do and that, that you had, had to do in your job is to ask questions of people. And you've seen a story that touched you incredibly deeply and, and, and um, covered locally and across the state and the nation. And over the 16 months since that happened, are there qu- questions, any questions that you think haven't been asked? There are things that, that you think are really important that are just that no one asks. I feel like what's lost to me isn't necessarily questions, but explanations. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes as journalists, because we're so used to this, mm-hmm. we forget that you're telling a story sometimes without the background. So one thing that comes to mind is this lawsuit, the city versus the DA, right? Mm-hmm. But nobody's explained what their roles in this investigation are. The city wants this investigation to perform an internal investigation to determine terminations. And while that is important, it is not as important as a criminal investigation, which is what the DA is in charge of. So sometimes I feel that's just an example, Mm -hmm. like the explanation can be lost. What are the roles? Terminations of city police officers? Yes. Okay. You know, describe. that's what I'm I'm talking about right there, right? Mm -hmm. Like you you assume and Mm -hmm. it's, what are these entities involved? Mm -hmm. What are their roles that day? What roles do they have now? People need clarification in that. And that's something that I think about often. My understanding is that there is, um, construction will begin, I believe, later this year on a new behavioral 
health facility close to, to uh, Uvalde. And uh, I wondered what impact do you think that's going to could potentially have? Well, yes, that's a major resource for Uvalde. Mm-hmm. I would um, have a 48-hour hold. It would be up to two weeks of care. It's vital. It's something we've needed for a while, and I'm glad it's coming to fruition. Um, it allows people to be treated here in their own in their own town. It keeps law enforcement here because right now, if somebody needs to be transferred, it's taking an officer off of the street or a transport jailer um, to drive them to. Most of the time, it's Kerrville, mm-hmm. so it's 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 hard on the community. So I'm I'm glad that that resource will be available. What grade would you give the former mayor? Like, what grade would you give him and why? What grade would I give Don McLaughlin and why? I don't know if I could give a specific grade, but I will say that um, while we differ Mm -hmm. politically Mm -hmm. and I don't always approve of how the city has handled the tragedy, he has kept an open line of communication mm-hmm. with the families. Mm-hmm. What was it about uh, your meeting with Ted Cruz, with your, your and husband's meeting with Ted Cruz, which was particularly, I don't know if the word is galling or offensive to you? Yeah. You know, we have these meetings. We're meeting with both sides, right? I'm, I'm meeting with Democrats. I'm meeting with Republicans. And when I do meet with Republicans, for the most part, they allow me to say my piece. They hear me out. I can tell that it affects them. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't agree with how we fix this problem, they're sympathetic to the fact that there is a problem. When I met with Ted Cruz, he had a staffer bring him a Dr. Pepper as we were in doing our introductions. I mean, somebody cuts in front of us midway between him and the rest of the families that were there that day. And then as we're explaining our situation and my husband is showing a, a picture of our daughter He says that it's not, it's not um, guns. It's you know mental health and a need to increase school security. How do you tell that to a mother whose child died in her fourth grade classroom? She was murdered in her fourth grade classroom while three hundred plus officers stood by. That it's school security. It was a slap in the face, and that's from my representative. He's from Texas. Did he show any empathy or compassion at all? No, right after that, somebody came in conveniently to cut the meeting short because he had somewhere else to go. And when he left, I told him that I would make sure that he was not reelected. And I'm standing true to that and I'm going to give it my all. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about what uh, Lives Robbed is the work that you're doing with that organization? Yeah, so Lives Robbed is made up of of, um, mothers who lost either children or a grandchild in the Robb Elementary shooting. You know, we would see each other out at all of these, um, not events, but where we would go in and address either state or federal level for changes. And we recognize the strength. And I thought, you know, we're stronger together. Um, and we are. We really lean on each other. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to make a difference at the federal level. That's our main focus, by the assault, a ban on assault weapons. I'm sure we could talk for a long time about about this, but um, when you think about you know who you were on May twenty third, twenty twenty two, and and who you are now, I mean, how do you 
How do you think you've changed in those 16 months? The person I was when my daughter was alive just ceased to exist. Mm -hmm. So this is me now. And it is a difficult journey, but I'm navigating it with her for her. What do you, um, what would you say to know her mom is, um, is running for mayor of Uvalde? Oh, she would love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We had so many conversations. She loved to hear about politics, women in power, in positions of power. She looked up to Kamala Harris. She shared the same birthday as her. And she's very proud of that. And also um, AOC. Okay. So uh, I think she would, she'd be proud of me and she'd be inspired. Beautiful. I think a lot of people in your situation and everything you've been through, would have been turned off by politics, just totally angry, frustrated, and, you know, the heck with it, right? And thrown in the towel. But yet you're trying to jump in. Why? Because right now our our country's political system is broken. We need everyday people in there because that's whose interest we're fighting for. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. I want to be a face that people can see themselves in. Well, I know when you talked to the, I think it was to the, to, to the, to the House committee, you, you said that it wasn't just you and your family that lost Lexi, that the world lost her because you knew that she was she was going to make a difference in this world. And I, my sense is that that you f- you feel like I'm going to I'm going to do that for both of us. Absolutely, yeah. you know, Lexi Lexi would have made a tremendous difference in this world. She still can. She just needs my help. So I've got this. If you were to have a um, there's a Uvalde strong sign right here, and we had it. Would you put it upright, Uvalde Strong, or would you put it upside down? Why? I know the intention behind Uvalde Strong. I don't know that we've earned that as a community yet. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get there, though. I think we can be Uvalde Strong. Mm-hmm. Kimberly Mata Rubio, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us, and, uh, and good luck with your, your mayoral campaign. Thank you. Thank Thank you you all so much for having me. Good luck. And thank you all for listening. We hope everyone's doing well, and we'll be back with you next week. Take care.